Catching away the orange. Silly. Now Grisha would have liked to pick up a bit of glass that was lying at his feet and gleaming like a lamp, but he is afraid that his hand will be slapped again. My respects to you. Grisha hears suddenly, almost above his ear, a loud, thick voice, and he sees a tall man with bright buttons. To his great delight, this man gives nurse his hand, stops, and begins talking to her. The brightness of the sun, the noise of the carriages, the horses, the bright buttons are all so impressively new and not dreadful that Grisha's soul is filled with a feeling of enjoyment, and he begins to laugh. Come along, come along, he cries to the man with the bright buttons, tugging at his coattails. Come along where? asks the man. Come along, Grisha insists. He wants to say that it would be just as well to take with them Papa, Mama, and the cat, but his tongue does not say what he wants to. A little later, Nurse turns out of the boulevard and leads Grisha into a big courtyard where there is still snow, and the man with the bright buttons comes with them too. They carefully avoid the lumps of snow and the puddles. Then, by a dark and dirty staircase, they go into a room. Here there is a great deal of smoke, there is a smell of roast meat and a woman is standing by the stove frying cutlets. The cook and the nurse kiss each other and sit down on the bench together with the man and begin talking in a low voice. Grisha, wrapped up as he is, feels unsufferably hot and stifled. Why is this? he wonders, looking about him. He sees the dark ceiling, the oven fork with two horns, the stove which looks like a great black hole. Mama, he drawls. Come, 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 cries the nurse. Wait a bit. The cook puts a bottle on the table, two wine glasses, and a pie. The two women and the man with the bright buttons clink glasses and empty them several times, and the man puts his arm around first the cook and then the nurse, and then all three begin singing in an undertone. Grisha stretches out his hand towards the pie, and they give him a piece of it. He eats it and watches nurse drinking. He wants to drink too. Give me some, nurse, he begs. The cook gives him a sip out of her glass. He rolls his eyes, blinks, coughs, and waves his hands for a long time afterwards, while the cook looks at him and laughs. When he gets home, Grisha begins to tell Mama, the walls, and the bed where he has been and what he has seen. He talks not so much with his tongue as with his face and his hands. He shows how the sun shines, how the horses run, how the terrible stove looks, and how the cook drinks. In the evening he cannot get to sleep. The soldiers with the brooms, the big cats, the horses, the bit of glass, the tray of oranges, the bright buttons, all gathered together, weigh on his brain. He tosses from side to side, babbles, and at last, unable to endure his excitement, begins crying. You are feverish, says Mama, putting her open hand on his forehead. What can have caused it? Stove, wails Grisha. Go away, stove. He must have eaten too much, Mama decides. And Grisha, shattered by the impressions of this new life he has just experienced, receives a spoonful of castor oil from Mama. The End
an incident. Morning. Brilliant sunshine is piercing through the frozen lacework on the window panes into the nursery. Fania, a boy of six with a cropped head and a nose like a button, and his sister Nina, a short, chubby, curly-headed girl of four, wake up and look crossly at each other through the bars of their cots. Ooh, naughty children! Grumbles their nurse. Good people have had their breakfast already, while you can't get your eyes open. The sunbeams frolic over the rugs, the walls, and the nurses' skirts, and seem inviting the children to join in their play. But they take no notice. They have woken up in a bad humor. Nina pouts, makes a grimace, and begins to whine. Breakfast, nurse. Breakfast. Vanya knits his brows and ponders what to pitch upon to howl over.